Good day, what's going on everyone? Welcome into First Take. Thank you for being with us. Oh, Stephen A, look at that sport coat. It's a nice Hello. one. How are you? I like that. I like that a lot. Brian Windhorst, so Happy New Year, my friend. Great to no see you. No traffic in L.A. this morning. Stephen A. got right in. I got right in. Out there. And by the way, Molly, you know, I yeah. see the new hair. I see the new hair, dude. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right, guys. Okay. Uh, okay. Speaking of the West Coast, that's where we're going to tip things off. So the Clippers went into Phoenix, took down the Suns, 131-122. Kawhi and PG both put up 30-plus, and Harden added 22. The Clips are running L.A. right now as they sit nine games above 500, gentlemen. Meanwhile, their City of Angels rival, the Lakers, on the struggle bus. After winning the in-season tournament, the Lake Show is below 500, falling to the Heat last night at home by 14. Here's Darvin Ham on the L. Doesn't feel too, so great, but it's not supposed to. You know, and no one, I know me for damn sure, I'll speak for myself. Like, you know, I hate losing. I hate not being uh, assertive, aggressive in terms of uh, attacking each game, uh, whether I'm coaching, playing, whatever the case may be. I'm cringing here looking at the minutes that both Ron and AD had to play tonight. As well as Austin, and, and, and you know it's 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 tough, man. But but <laughs> that's why we get paid what we get paid. We got to figure it out. You know, I'm again, I'm always I'm disappointed, but I'll I'll be damned if I get discouraged. That's why we get paid what we get paid because we got to figure it out. Ain't that the truth? Uh, okay, tell me this, Stephen. A bigger deal: the Lakers are below 500, or that the Clippers are nine games above. I'm going to say the Lakers being below 500. Um, the, the reality is, is that I expected the Clippers to be good. I didn't expect them when they were on that five-game slide once Harden had first arrived. Uh, they seemed to be snowballing. It didn't seem uh, to be what our expectations were because with Harden, with Kawhi Leonard, with Paul George on the floor, Russell Westbrook being selfless, selfless, willingly coming off the bench. It just says a lot about his character. He's been maligned over the years. Russell Westbrook is an energizer bunny, and he comes off the bench, and he provides what he provides, showing himself to be the antithesis of what people have said about him over the years. He, we should be very, very proud of what he's done for that Clippers franchise. It's very underrated. In the case of the Los Angeles Lakers, they are an absolute mess. And as far as I'm concerned, they've got a roster rife with individuals who have betrayed LeBron James, they have betrayed Anthony Davis, they have betrayed Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka. And as far as I'm concerned, as I said on NBA Countdown last night, Wendy, you know what? And, and, and I know that I joke around about stuff like this because it's Miami and the South Beach and it's Southern California, it's Tinseltown, it's La La. But I'm going to be very serious here and I hope that people understand and treat this with the seriousness that it deserves. There are, a, there are very few places where everybody wouldn't mind being in the NBA or in professional sports. You know what? If I'm, if I'm Rob Palenka, if I'm Darvin Ham, if I'm assistant coach Phil Handy, if I'm, if, if, if I'm, if I'm Kurt Rambis, Linda Rambis, Jeannie, but pick a name. I grab the vast majority of the players, meaning everyone but Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And I drive them around L.A. How you like it? Do you feel this weather? Do you see this sunshine? Do you, you want to stay here? You, you want to continue to stay here? Well, guess what? You have to perform in order to do it. And the reason why I emphasize that uh, uh, tremendously so is because when you have LeBron James didn't have a great game last night. We understand that. But for the most part, this brother has been fantastic. Anthony Davis has played like an MVP candidate. 
Um, he's a defensive player of the year candidate. He's been doing his job. All you have to do is your damn job. And the Lakers have an abundance of coach uh, of players, Wendy, that ain't doing a damn thing. They lucky to be in uniform. They are lucky to be in uniform. I'm telling you right now, they will be put on notice. They're about to be up out of here in L.A. Somehow, some way. I'd get rid of some of them you can't even give away for a box of cookies. It's really that damn pathetic right now. I'd say that's the biggest story. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I agree with a lot of what you said there. I, would, I could make the case that one of the most important things that's happened in the NBA so far this year is the surgence of Kawhi Leonard because that effect on the title race is enormous. You know, it was the Lakers who were the story of last spring when they made that unexpected run to the playoffs. But that could have been the Clippers. They had it falling into place. Kawhi was awesome down the stretch of last season. And then he got hurt in that first or second game of the playoffs. I think they were gonna they were gonna beat the Suns, I think, before Kawhi got hurt. Yes, then he had I another agree. off season then he had another offseason surgery and you have no idea he's gonna come back. You have no idea. And he actually started the season off Stephen A not looking great. In the last 11 games that Kawhi has played, he missed. He 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 had a had a hip injury, which I was worried about because every time you see Kawhi go down, he never has anything on his face, and the next thing you know, like it's a major injury, he has come back. In the last 11 games that he's played, which basically is where the Clippers have gone from middling to awesome, the Clippers have won all 11 of them. And you know the golden standard for offense in the NBA is shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the line. It's like the golden triangle. In this 11-game stretch, Kawhi is just missing 60, 50, 90. He is killing it. And there is a lot of things going well for the Clippers right now. Paul George is having an all-NBA season. He's healthy. He looks great. James Harden, after looking very shaky coming over there, has found his role. You mentioned Russell Westbrook being cool with coming off the bench and having his role reduced. Okay? Vitsia Zubac has been really good as their center. And the last couple times they've played against the Nuggets, now I'm not going to say because Jokic owns this whole league, and he's owned Zubac a lot of his career. But the last couple yep. of times they've played, Zubac has played well. But it's Kawhi. It's Kawhi that, is, that has got this league on notice. Now, having said that, right. what you said about the Lakers is true. We are 35 games into this season. LeBron mm-hmm. James and Anthony Davis have basically played almost every one. They've skipped a couple. Anthony has played through a couple of you know, you know, nagging injuries where he might have sat out in the past. LeBron's playing through illness. He was questionable with illness yesterday. He only scored 12 yep. points. I don't know how it was affecting him. I know he must have been ill watching the team shoot. Anyway, they're, they're 17 and 18, Stephen A. They're below 500 when they've had basically a healthy star situation. That is a problem. That is an indication that this team isn't there. And I know that there's been some injuries, and that's been a frustration for Darvin Ham especially. And I also know that the, or, that the team is frustrated because – Darvin has neglected to go to the lineup that they used in the, as the starters in the run in the playoffs last year, which was LeBron AD, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, and uh, Jared Vanderbilt. He's really not gone to that lineup very much, and they, you know he's sort of just been searching. But this is a team that can't shoot, and a team and like last night the, uh, the, the the Heat basically played they played their 19th different starting lineup and they just zoned. And the Lakers went 4-30. They got real structural problems, and I don't know 
how they're going to fix them, to be honest with you. Right. I don't, I don't, you, you don't know how they're going to fix them because, they, they listen, they couldn't hit Broadway on a Sunday morning while it's empty. They're just awful. They're just awful, an awful shooting team. Let's just get that out of the way first. But they're not exceptional defensively or offensively, for that matter. So let's remember that Anthony Davis has been exceptional defensively. The rest of the team collectively, what are they ranked? Like 21st in yeah. their defensive rating, at least coming into, the, coming into last night anyway. I'm just looking at it from the perspective. I know Gabe Vincent has been out, obviously with his knee injury. D'Angelo Russell is just comatose. I mean, it's just second stint in L.A. He's gotten to the point where he shouldn't even be allowed in the city. I'm serious. I mean, it's just that it's really that bad. What purpose do you serve? So we got we to gotta take that into consideration. Let me transition to what you said about the Los Angeles Clippers. I want to give Mr. Podcast P himself, Paul George, some props. Because when I was on his podcast months ago, before the season started, everything he's doing is what he said he would do. And so you know that he's on that kind of mission. You look at James Harden. We got to take a moment to give him props. We know that he don't, we don't like how he forces way out of Houston, Brooklyn, and then obviously Philly. But you see the teammates around him. They're rooting for him. There's camaraderie and chemistry. Oh, by the way, he's balling too and showing a level of unselfishness as well. They look better with him. You already brought up Westbrook, okay? And Kawhi Leonard, I'm not going to sit up here and praise Kawhi Leonard but so much because he's doing what we know he can do when he's on the court healthy. That's what he does. He un- We understand what a superstar he is. I still contend, and I just saw him the other day, said hello, just kept walking, didn't want to bother the man, ain't scared of him, though. No. The bottom Bottom line is this. This brother is a superstar talent, but he is the worst superstar you could possibly have for two reasons. One, he misses 50% of his games, and two, he does absolutely positively nothing to market his team or the sport. That is the reason. But when he is on the court, he is without question a flat-out superstar who can deliver a championship for you. And I'm at a point in time where I look at him and I say, he owes that to Balmer. He owes that to Ty Lue. He owes that to Lawrence Frank and the rest of the Clippers organization with the headache he has been because of the lack of dependability that he has been able to give them. So I'm not going to get caught up with what I'm seeing him do during a regular season. April, May, and June, where the hell are you going to be at? Clippers have never been to an NBA Finals. You going to erase that? Because we, the, the, we have to stop, Wendy, talking about these two teams in L.A. Damn it, it's the Clippers, okay? <laughs> the Clippers are usually kicking the Lakers' ass, which they've been doing for the vast majority of the last uh, uh, half decade at the very least. When they lost earlier to the Lakers this year, if Paul George hadn't fouled out, they probably would have lost that game to the Clippers, okay? The Clippers have owned the Los Angeles Lakers. Right now, they are the better team. They have better personnel. They damn sure could shoot better. They don't necessarily have the better superstar in Kawhi Leonard compared to Anthony Davis and LeBron James the way they're looking. But this is the part that the Lakers need to be very concerned about, Wendy. Yeah. You can't continue to play LeBron James and Anthony Davis these minutes. Clearly, Darvin Ham doesn't believe he can, he can win without one of them, if not both of them, on the court. But he's going to have to run them into the ground. They're not going to be in any kind of situation where they can do anything as the season wanes Mm -hmm. if those imposters wearing a Lakers uniform with them doesn't step up and do their job. They are abusing LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I'm not talking about Darvin. I'm talking about the players. They should be ashamed of their damn selves. They stink. And somebody needs to say it, so I'm saying it. Well, the Clippers and Lakers are playing in a few days here, and it could be an interesting night. Let's just leave it at that.
That's right. Yeah, yeah. they play Sunday, uh, 9.30, so we're all looking forward to that matchup. Good point there, Wendy. Uh, You'll be back with us in just a minute, but now let's get to one of your other favorite cities, S.A., Miami. Uh, And Buffalo, they square off this weekend. Major playoff implications. Not only does the winner get the division crown, but they also get the two seed. So here's the deal. With a loss, Miami would drop to the six seed, which means they go to Kansas City. Tough place to play. Wild card weekend. The Bills could still miss the playoffs with a loss and wins by the Steelers. Steelers and Jaguars, the quarterbacks at the mic. I understand that there's, you know, um, you know, seeding at stake, if you will. But outside of that, um, I, I think if we continue to prepare the way we've prepared, um, you know, and, and play team football, uh, in which I think that's the most important thing for our team uh, in this back half, uh, that I, I, you know, I think we'll be fine. We don't want to rely on anybody else. Um, we got to. You know, in our minds, it's a it's a must-win game. You know, we gotta we gotta go get this done. And um, there's a hungry team, a team that's really good, that's played very well throughout the season, um, standing in front of us. So we gotta do whatever we can. Okay, I just want to mention quickly, Stephen A. Obviously, the fire at Tua's house. So uh, wishing the best. Oh. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Excuse me. Sorry. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So wishing the best um, to him and his family. Yeah. That that was very scary. I saw that on SportsCenter last night. All right. Bart Scott, Kimberly A. Martin here. Good to see you guys. Bart, do you have more confidence? I feel like this is a tough question. It is. More confidence in Tua or Allen on Sunday? For me, uh, I'm going to go with Tua Tungvaluwa. And I understand that, you know, the my uh, the uh, Miami Dolphins went up to to Buffalo and took took a hot L right they 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 got beat you know 48 to 20, um, but it's hard to beat good teams twice and I feel like Mike Medine is too good of a play caller to go down there and not and have that similar performance. I understand what they lost on the defensive side of the ball, but you know Josh Allen and that offense hasn't really been been, been going the way that we anticipated last last year. I mean last week just going against New England how they struggled, you know, 160 yards once again Stefan Diggs is you know, uh, disappeared within his offense. James Cook is balling, but it, it hasn't been enough. This defense has really been saving the day. I just don't think you can hold and suppress an offense that great that long. I think, you know, if you get Maheem uh, Mostert back, you look at what A-Chan did against a great uh, Baltimore Ravens defense, you know, rushing for over seven yards a carry, over 100 yards uh, rushing only on 14 carries. I think, you know, Tua Tungvaluwa in his house, in his element, you know, I have to take the home team when all things are equal. And I always have to take the team that lost and got embarrassed the first time simply because the team that lost has to go back and analyze everything that contributed to the loss. The team that won is still fat thinking that they got it figured out when they're going to have to adjust to what the adjustments that Miami has made in the second matchup. Well, I would say Bart. All things are not equal, and you do not mm-hmm. have to pick the home team. Okay. Uh, to me, I have the most confidence in Josh Allen for three reasons. Number one, he's a better quarterback. Number two, we already saw this movie earlier in the season, and the Bills obliterated them. I understand they division rivals, so it's hard to beat a team twice in the same season. However, at the worst possible time, the Miami Dolphins are now trying to game plan without several key defensive players. Okay. And you mentioned Raheem Mostert being a key cog. Yes. But the man is dealing with knee, ankle injuries. We got Jalen Waddell still dealing with injuries. We have video. Thank God Tyreek and his wife and his family seem to be okay from all reports. Mm-hmm. But yesterday we saw a video of him in a walking boot. This is not the time when the, it's not all things are equal because the Miami Dolphins, they are depleted. They're not the, their offense is not 
their stars are not the same. They are dealing with injuries, whereas you look at teams like the Browns, the Bills, the Ravens, teams that have suffered catastrophic injuries on their offense, on their roster, and have figured out all season how to make up for it with their depth. This is not the time that as great a coach as Mike McDaniel is, it is not equal this time. This team – okay. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Go ahead. This team played without Jalen Ramsey for the, the most of the season. They're also going to get Xavier Howard back uh, eventually uh, as well. Uh, eventually, will they have him? I mean, listen, and to your point about the boot with Tyreek Hill, every player that's ever hurt their ankle is always, when they're out, going to put the boot on. He'll be ready to strap it up. We, we call that the turret all shot in the back, you know what I'm saying, make him understand in the back. We're fine with that. I'm telling you, I just think that, you know, Miami understands – how desperate, you know, the Buffalo Bills are. But they're equally as desperate because they don't want to have to see the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. And I think it's going to be their running game that carries them through the day. And I think they're going to be a a much better team than they were the first time. You know, uh, it always happens like that. When I say all things been equal, I'm talking about talent, roster, construction, uh, coaching matchups. All things are equal. It's hard to beat a team that's that's equally as talented as you and equally as well-coached as you twice. Well, we play around on this show and we have a good time and all of that stuff. I like trolling Cowboy fans and stuff like that. And you know what? We like exciting offenses like what we saw from Miami throughout most of the season and what have you. Tyreek Hill was that dude, an MVP candidate for the vast majority of the season and stuff like that. But I'm going to say something that's relatively unpopular. Um, I'm hoping the Dolphins get their ass kicked. I'm sick of them. I am sick. Of the Miami Dolphins. Really? I'm going to go with Josh Allen in this particular situation, but it's an emotional emotional decision. Here's why. I'm sick and tired. Mm. If you would listen, Kimberly Martin, I mean, I did let you speak. Could you hear my point before you respond, please? Here is the deal. Here is the deal. I am sick and tired of the Dolphins going on the road and building up everybody's hope only to wet the bed. I'm sick of them. You know, could you go someplace away from South Beach and act like you know how to play football? That would be really, really, really nice. Now, I understand that we can expect something better from them. How could you be much worse than what we saw last week against the Baltimore Ravens? You lose the game in Baltimore, ain't no problem with that, Bart. 56, 56, 19, really? That's what we're doing? 56, you're going to get your ass kicked. You're going to get bum rushed like that. See, they make me sick. I can't stand when teams do stuff like that. Like, you show up. You look all otherworldly. We're looking at you and we're reminiscing about the days where the greatest show on turf with Marshall Falk and Kurt Warner and those brothers were in St. Louis and stuff like that. And then we come to this and we see Tyreek Hill and, and, and Tua Tungavaloa and, and, and Jalen Waddle and all the monster running the football. We see that Mike McDaniels, the boy wonder and all of this other stuff. And then they get away from South Beach. And what happens? They get beat down in Buffalo. One close, 48 to 20, got bum rushed. You lose in Philadelphia. Tyreek Hill, the Tyreek Hill, he drops a touchdown pass, okay? What happens, in the, you know, last week? He drops another touchdown pass, okay? They get beat down. You know, you go to Philadelphia, they lost that game, he dropped the pass. You're just looking at it and you're saying, damn, really, y'all, this is what it is? You know what that makes me think about? Did you really win those games when, when, when you were at home in Miami? Or was it the fact that it was in Miami <laughs> so brothers arrived the night before and were a bit distracted and wasn't as focused as they needed to be? And that's why you beat them on your home turf. Because I don't understand how the Miami Dolphins look the way that they look when they get away from, 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 from Miami. But, but when they're in Miami, it's a complete metamorphosis that kicks in and, and you see an entirely different team. 
I'm sick of them. And I don't like teams like that being in a position where you 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 get to you get to you get to lean on your home turf in order to win football games. Show that you could go somewhere else and do it. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that Miami loses. They end up being a road team in the playoffs and they got to go through adversity like everybody else instead of living living off the comforts of their confines and finding a way to beat teams that way. I know that Buffalo is going to either win or lose, but it ain't going to have anything to do with them being on a road or at home. It's just going to be whether or not they show up or not. We know that Miami is allergic to playing good football on the road for the most part. That you I know, don't like. That, that's tough to say because last year they went up to Buffalo and just they I ain't lost, talking about last year. But they showed up. You know, I last know that. Week, last week was tough. Tua like, didn't even quarterback that game. But, but last, it's last, Thompson. But last, but last year, you know, last week, right? And I watched that Baltimore game. Listen, Miami is I'm to sure me the big—they're they're the biggest threat. They're the biggest threat to the Baltimore Ravens, in my opinion. They—they—they they, they went into that game without their number two All-Pro cornerback. Uh, they went in there without the leading Stop, rusher Bart. in touchdown. Stop, Bart. You right said the Dolphins are the face. biggest threat to the Ravens. Bart, Bart you uh, gonna say that with a straight face? That the Miami Dolphins yes. are the biggest threat to the Baltimore listen, Ravens, so. as opposed I, I, to the Cleveland yes. Browns? No, no. Really? No, I'm tell- listen, Baltimore. Do, doesn't do well with speed because they're, the weakness of their team is their cornerbacks. Trust me. But what the hell this, happened last week? Last week, those guys didn't play. Remember, Jalen oh, Waller was injured. Jalen Waller was injured, and, and, and Moster was hurt too. We, that's 21 touchdowns of productivity. That's, that's a 1,000 yards fair. of productivity. You saw what A-Chan was doing. A-Chan ran A-chan. for seven yards per carry. Yards. He went for 107 yards on 14 carries. That was a game in the first quarter. This team is tougher than people think, but understand that they're dealing with injuries, and they're going to have to adjust like Kimberly said. And listen, I hate saying that as a Baltimore Raven, a former Baltimore Raven, that the Ravens don't want to see Miami. Remember what happened last year when Baltimore went up on them and they were able to score. They can score so easy on everybody. And this is why it's going to be difficult for you know, Josh Allen because they've been trying to go with this new identity, running the ball with James Cook, but they still haven't found a way in five games to get uh, Stephon Diggs over 60 yards. They're going to have to get that productivity up. They've been living off Kincaid and that defense turning the ball over three interceptions last week against Bailey Zappi. Josh Allen hasn't been playing great either. <laughs> he's been doing he hasn't he's been doing less. He's only threw for 100. I think I'm allergic to everything yards. you're saying I'm, right now. I'm, listen, I'm telling you, I, listen, mm-hmm. they bring me on this show because I see things that people can't see. And maybe sometimes I'm crazy, but sometimes I'm crazy I'm, like I'm, a fox. And I'm telling you. I don't even mean crazy first like all, a fox. First I always wonder. First of all, first of all, you're on this show because you know football inside and out. But there are moments where what you think you see, I got full, it I got ain't full what the hell you actually I know I go full truck thunder sometimes. Right, I, go, I mean, let's understand that now. Let's understand that now. And you do get a bit emotional with some of your picks. The men yes, on this do. show get really right, emotional. But you know I'm that's not emotional honestly, about my Ravens if I'm saying that that's the biggest know. threat. You just call your feelings. Chocolate Thunder? No, 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 no. Tropic no, no. I go, I go full movie. Tropic Thunder. I can't say what that means, but that means Kimberly, I go full you know Simple no, Jack. I, Kimberly you know just full Simple Jack on the show. Kimberly, Kimberly just brought up something very, very important. Chocolate Thunder. It is strange on this show. The, the men, men get emotional. Very. And the women are hardcore with no emotion, dare I say. We say we... We yeah, analyze, I, we give our opinion. We don't really say, care I mean, what no, got the black saying, widows saying, up here, you know. I'm just saying that's the black widow. You see the black widow right mm-hmm. there. The women on this show get they, they, they hardcore. And the brothers, we are the ones who show we have feelings too. Mm. We don't, got range. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got range and depth, but I'm, we're I'm, here. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you I'm right. This is all business. 
Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. College football's national championship is set. Bart, did you know number one Michigan is playing? <laughs> versus, what up, dope? Versus number two Washington. First take is going to be there live in Houston, Monday, January 8th. Be sure to watch Stephen A., Shannon, and myself live from NRG Stadium. See you guys there. The Dallas Cowboys can lock up the NFC East crown in Washington on Sunday when they face the Commanders. Micah Parsons knows where the focus needs to be. I don't even think it should be about confidence. We're a week away from playoffs. Um, think I'm tired of learning and growing. It should just be about dominating and playing great football. I fail you. Sometimes I'm tired of learning and growing, too. <laughs> but, hey, welcome to life. Uh, Stephen A., what do you make of what Parsons had to say? Nothing. Nothing at all. Really? Look, Nothing at all. Look, 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 here's the deal. The brothers got 13 sacks. He had 13 his rookie year, 13 and a half his second year. He's one more sack away from a career high. We know what a study is, named to his third consecutive uh, 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 Pro Bowl. Congratulations to him. We know who this brother is, what he brings to the table, and he's a thousand percent right. It's beyond that point. We hear it enough about the Cowboys and the learning curve and all of this other stuff. This is America's team. You got to show up and you got to do something. And the reality is, I expect them to. First of all, you're going against Sam Howell. <laughs> Let's get that out the way. 
Secondly, Why the brother has been like the brother has been. Well, I'm just saying Sam Howell. That's all I said. Say that is his name. Last time I checked. Secondly, and more importantly, he's been sacked an NFL high 61 times this year. Yeah. What do you think Micah Parsons and the Cowboys are going to do to him? Thirdly, you got a division crown on the line, okay? And basically securing the number two slot in the NFC, which means the road to the Super Bowl comes through Dallas with the exception of you having to go up against the San Francisco 49ers. And so to me, with all of that at stake, I don't care if it's Ron Rivera's last game as the head coach of the franchise and all of this stuff. God bless him, wishing him nothing but the best and good health, by the way. The bottom line is nobody expects anything from the Commodores. I mean, the Commanders. I mean, the Commodores. Hello, (laughs) is it me you're looking for, Lionel Richie? Nobody's expecting anything from them. They've been a horror show. As far as I'm concerned, there has been nothing impressive going on. They've been as bad as the politicians in the nation's capital. And so when I look at it from that perspective, they've contributed to stinking up the joint. We all know that mercilessly for them, or mercifully, rather, their season comes to an end this 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 weekend. I expect the Dallas Cowboys in a competitive game because they're going to try to show up and act like they care, even though they already made their vacation plans. They already know they're going to Cabo and other places probably Monday. I expect the Dallas Cowboys to roll up in there and handle their business with relative ease in the second half. Micah Parsons quotes mean absolutely nothing to me, but it's not because of him. It's because of who his opponents are. It's a waste of time. And thank God the season is over for the Washington commanders because they've been a joke, period. I understand why Micah Parsons is frustrated. I think Micah Parsons feels like all the stuff from the past, all the narratives about the Cowboys have no reflection on me. But here's the reality. When we watch the Cowboys, when they have a good team, in those critical moments, do they show up? Do they seize that moment? Oftentimes, no. But this year, I hope, I hope this year is different. You know why? Because it will signal Dak is playing the best of his career. CeeDee Lamb is balling out. Good luck trying to pay this man. Like Michael Parsons, one of the best defensive players in the game. And the Cowboys have got to take advantage of the fact that the Eagles, these Eagles, I don't know what to make of these Eagles. They're a good team, but this is they are vulnerable right now. And I understand San Francisco smacked the Cowboys early in the season, but that game almost switched the Cowboys' season. The Cowboys are a different team now. The problem is the question we still have about the Cowboys is against good teams on the road, can you do it? Can you take care of business? They have got to win this game. And I feel like now we're setting them up. The more we talk about them, like, they can't lose this game. How could they lose this game? Against the Commodores? How could they lose this game? It's, it's the Patrick Ewing finger roll. Because you're waiting for that ball to go in, and you're like, will it bounce off the rim? And that is my fear. I think they will win. But if we were sitting here on Monday talking about if, if, if they lose this game, would it shock me? Would I really be shocked? Unfortunately, no. I mean, last week we watched the Arizona Cardinals go and beat the then number two seed. But what Michael Parsons is saying has nothing to do with this week. He's setting the tone for the playoffs, right? Because like, like when I got here and it was the same old Jets stuff, where I was like, hey, I, I was in Baltimore. It's not on my watch. It has <laughs> absolutely nothing to do with me. Don't try and put that stench on me. But he's having to wear it because this is his third season yeah. and he's witnessed it firsthand. 
So if he wants it to change, he has to change it, right? He has to be special. Like, this is a, this is a time in, in, in the NFC where it is no Aaron Rodgers, right? It is no baddest man on the planet. You know, Matthew Stafford is probably the, the biggest name that he has to go against. He has to beat a Purdy. He has to beat maybe Jordan Love. He has to beat Jared Goff, right? And if Dak Prescott can't beat these guys, then when, are he go- when is he going to take his place, so to speak, right, as a upper echelon quarterback, not a uh, – glorified game manager, right? This is the time for this to happen, right? The problem is, the issue is, like, when you look at, you know, what number two means, number two means that they won't play Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay would be played by the Philadelphia Eagles, even though it's on the road, that may be an easier matchup for a first round. You know, I, we'll see if they can stand up, if they have to see, you know, the Detroit Lions, which is not profitable, probable, but maybe they might have to see, uh, you know, another squad come in there that, that's a better matchup than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then the questions will start, and they have to answer those questions. We can't. Yeah, staying in the NFC, guys, the Eagles started the season hot, since have lost four of their last five. Maybe the most egregious was that loss to the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know. It shocked me. A.J. Brown opens up on how losing is getting to them. Everybody's locker room is frustrated. So why are you singling me out because I'm frustrated? Like, just because I'm shaking my head, I'm showing emotion. You can look at everybody in the stadium has bad body language. They're frustrated. All this freaking adversity, we, we right there. That's what happens when you're trying to get to the next step. Gravity pulls against you. Everything pulls against you. And I think that's what this team is going through right now. And I think once we fight through that, push through that, we're going to be fine. We're going to be right where we need to be because I know we got great people in this locker room. All right, Bar, I see you shaking your head. Here's the deal. So Gravity. Philly is still 11 and 5. Yeah. But at this point, have you just lost confidence in the squad? I've, I've lost all confidence in this squad. All? This team, this team looks like a shell of itself, a team with no identity. Listen, this was a team that we talked about their offense and defensive lines and how dominant they were. They haven't lost anybody. Okay, they lost. Hargrove, but they brought Jalen Carter in. So we thought that was a fix. This is a team that's getting punched in the face. Like, once you lose your identity as the bully, it is hard for you to beat teams or for teams to have fear of you, right? We've been trying to say, okay, they're going to fix it. They're going to fix it. Oh, don't worry. They just lost to the Jets. They're fine. They're fine. Now they've lost, what, four out of their last five? And then they get punked, right? James Conner rushed for 128 yards. And then Michael Carter, who got cut by the Jets, ran for 61. He was (laughs) when they knew that they had to run the ball. Like, Matt Patricia? It's coming in, and this doesn't – I don't recognize this team. I don't recognize this identity. These are supposed to be the bullies. These are supposed to be Debo, right? This is supposed to be the team that can physically match up with, with San Francisco when you think of their defense line, their great offensive line. This was a team that told us that, you know, you know that they would have beat uh, San Francisco with or without an uh, injured Brock Purdy. It doesn't look that way right now. And they played a lot of, uh, a lot of football. Jalen Hurts hasn't looked uh, healthy. And I say all the time, the way that you break up a dynasty or a team that's in their window is either by taking their players, uh, Gardner Johnson, Hargrove, they took, yeah, they took their linebacker, or you take their coaches. So they took their coaches. And you can have the same play. Yeah, you can have the same playbook. But when it's somebody else calling them, it's not about what you call, it's when you call them. It's about game planning. It's about being able to have great game plans. And clearly, you know, it's a diluted version when you look at the two coordinators that they lost and they haven't been able to, to get that magic. Because the players are pretty much identical. They're the same. 
You talk about a team that led the league in, in sacks last year. Now they like a shell of themselves. And I don't think they know how to fix it. And they're running out of time. And that's why you see A.J. Brown with the bad body language, even while he's doing the interview, his arms are crossed. Because he and he's looking to the left because he's trying to make it up. <laughs> Stop. That's great part of the brain, right? Body language. You are not the psych major here. I am. Okay. Uh, all right. I, I agree with you that watching the Eagles, they do look like a shell of themselves. They were the bully. They were the team that could have its way with you on offense and defense. But in defense of the Eagles, a few weeks ago, what was their record? 10 and 1. You talk about how the players are still there. These are the same guys. Jalen Hurts is still, he has not looked the same this season as he did last year. But when you, he is a guy that I can count on. That's a quarterback that I feel like when you look at the quarterbacks in the field, we have a lot of backup quarterbacks. We're literally saying Joe Flacco can quarterback the Browns to the Super Bowl. Land We're looking, agreed, Bowl agreed. Winner. But again, you said the players are still in that locker room. All, they didn't just forget how to play football. It's on them. The same way I say it's on the Cowboys, it's on the Eagles. Like everything they want is there. Now, I agree with you with the coaches. Because it's not just Jonathan Gannon. It's not just Shane Steichen. Denard Wilson leaving that secondary, when guys like Darius Slay were like, he should be our coordinator, him going to Baltimore, that has had an effect. Because when you look at this team, they got six first-rounders on the defensive front. They can't get to the quarterback, and they can't stop explosive plays in the backfield. It's a mess right now. But I still feel like this is a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. Last a lot of these teams right year. now, when you're talking about playoff time is different. Bart, you know it. Can't wait. You know the playoffs are different. The atmosphere is different. The stakes are higher. You want to be. You want to have that playoff pedigree. And, and you, you want to be. Have that. But you want to be playing well going into the I playoffs. I agree with you. It's a nice soliloquy. It's a nice soliloquy. And and the reality is is that you're not necessarily wrong, but you almost sound like an apologist for the Philadelphia Eagles, Kimberly. And I'm not giving them that. You know, I, I'm 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 with you from the standpoint that, you know, I'm still holding out hope. But it's not like Bart is off based on what he's saying. Let's take things into consideration. Um, the Eagles gave up, what is it, 128 yards to James Conner last week, right? That was a season yeah. high that they gave up, all right? They gave up an average of over 115 yards rushing the three previous games. Last week, they gave up 221 yards rushing. So what you're showing is that you're weak against the run, which is not a good thing to have as a liability in the NFC Conference or in football overall, by the way. But then let's take a couple of other things into consideration in the process of them losing four of their last five games. Philly's defense allowed 49% on third down conversions and have allowed 12 touchdowns in 16 red zone opportunities. That is just bad. There is no way around that. And so what we're seeing is whether it's due to injuries, whether it's due to departures, etc., they don't have the personnel. They don't have things together schematically. We know that just by Matt Patricia being there, by the way. They don't have things together schematically and, or, or with their personnel to give you any reason to have faith in them when it comes to Dallas, when it comes to San Francisco, hell, when it comes to Detroit. That's how I'm looking at them right now. Because remember, those would be those would be road games if Dallas wins the division. You brought up Jalen Hurts, all right? Jalen Hurts hasn't looked like he looked last year. We all know that when he was a runner-up for league MVP. Oh, by the way, they started out three of the first four weeks of the season, squeezing by New England, squeezing by Minnesota, squeezing by the Washington Commanders. We were lamenting how different the Eagles looked this season compared to last season from opening tap of the NFL season this year.
From week one, we looked at them. We said, damn, they squeezed by New England. What the hell was that about? We expected more from them. We did, they got by Minnesota. We expected more from them. The Washington Commanders gave them a run for their money. We expected more from them. We were saying that from opening tap throughout the season, okay? If Valdez, if Valdez Scantlin doesn't drop a touchdown pass, they lose that game to Kansas City. That's a loss. And so we've looked at them, and there have been a plethora of situations this season where the Eagles have been a shell of themselves. The reasons are things that you both have already articulated. Fair enough. But the only thing I can say about the Eagles right now is this. There's a reason to count them out. And because of that, that could be the momentum that they need. I'm playing with house money now. We ain't what we used to be. Everybody's counted us out. And in the game of football, sometimes that is a mistake. That is the only good thing I could say about the Eagles right now because A.J. Brown is absolutely right. Y'all leave this man alone. The, the fans are there looking at this team just like he was looking. Don't point him out. It's everybody because they know what we're watching. It's not about being an apologist. It's saying, I've seen this team. I'm looking at the talent on this roster. That's all. I'm looking at the results. That's all. How about that? So, so, so and that's success, success and glory is least, not own. And just because you did something last year doesn't mean Line. that it carries over. You have, to, right. you have to maintain that. You are what you put on film. And this mm -hmm. team has been trashed in the last five games. And if they don't fix it, and I don't know how they can fix it because it is no new uh, player that you're going to get. They try with Shaq, Shaq Griffin, and he Leonard, hey, he, he looks even worse, too. Hey, Bart. Yeah, I go sir. to break. Oh, my bad. Go ahead, Molly. I get paid by the word. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is always a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day, whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by categories like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day's May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today that's macy's.com slash gift finder thanks so much for listening to the pod and have a fabulous day hey molly karam here and thanks so much for listening to the first take podcast when you're on a business trip you know what goes completely off the rails your workout routine especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym so what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups sit-ups in your room run around the block or you just skip it entirely lame if you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV 
is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Good day, welcome back to First Take, coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Chase. Thanks so much for hanging with us. Let's get into some hope, shall we? Does Naptown own Milwaukee in the Battle of the Midwest? The Pacers have now beaten the Bucks four out of five times this season after Indy defended home court last night in a 12-point win. Giannis, explain it. Now you, you have that, uh, and you think about it. Now when you go back home, and you sleep and you wake up, you think about it. Now when you go back and uh, work out, you think about it. In the Oster break, when you're going to be in an uh, exotic uh, beach with your family, I hope you think about it. You know, when you're about to get freaky at night, you think about it. <laughs> you know, um, but at the end of the day, it's good because now it gives us time to fix things. That's a whole lot right there. Um, Wendy, I'll start with you. So the Pacers, four wins in five games versus the Bucks. Is this something or nothing? It's something. Stephen A., this is my 21st year covering the NBA. I don't want to sound like Mad Dog talking about George Mikan and Dolph Shaves. I don't want to be labeled an old. I want to be on the cutting edge, but... Damn it, when I was raised learning this game, I learned that you had to play defense if you were going to win. That's right. You're, you know, and I know that, you know, like last year, Denver, they were like in the middle of the pack defensively, and they were an awesome offensive team, and you could argue they, they are the cutting edge of the new era. But they were good in the playoffs on defense. Yeah, it's awesome for the Pacers that they've won four out of these five games. I would love to see this become a real rivalry with a playoff matchup, which is possible depending on how these two teams finish and yeah Milwaukee is really good they're 24 and 10 Dame Lillard has been terrific he's great in these late game situations Chris Middleton's come back from offseason surgery and rounded into form and of course Giannis is having an MVP level season but I just have a hard time respecting Milwaukee's chances to win again when you've got a bottom 10 defense. When you can have a game where you can give up 47 points in a quarter, which is what happened in the third quarter last night. And the reason the Pacers have handled Milwaukee is because they play small and they play fast, and Milwaukee can't handle it. They have a giant hole on their team. They cannot defend. They've made decisions on their perimeter that have just turned it into Swiss cheese. And Stephen A., it's not just about the Pacers. It's about the Bucks being both powerful and susceptible. And they are as susceptible of a championship contender defensively as you can have in the modern NBA. A couple of things that we need to say. Number one, we know that Damian Lillard is a superstar. We understand that, and we know that he's been exceptional for the most part. But his defense has been questionable to be kind. And when you're the replacement to Drew Holiday, Okay. the reality of the situation is, is that one or two things got to happen. You have to elevate your level of defensive prowess or you have to be so explosive, so otherworldly offensively that it offsets what you're lacking defensively. That's number one. Number two, you just talked about how Indiana goes small. 
This is the NBA. You know what other teams are going to do? Look at what Indiana's doing and make sure they do it themselves. Because what you're talking about with the Indiana Pacers, eight different Pacers average double-digit scoring against Milwaukee in the five matchups this season. That is a fact. And so when you look at it from that perspective, we go small, you can't stop us. Why? Because Brook Lopez, now he can't be out there. And Giannis Antetokounmpo and stuff like that, he's going to be out there. But in the end, can you guard the smaller dudes? No, they can't. Halliburton is having a field day with them. We all know this, okay? They're busting their living, you know what? And I'm telling you this right now. I'm not wishing for this. We all know where I stand in terms of black coaches having opportunities and getting opportunities. I don't think there's anybody that has spoke out about that more than me. Having said that, fair is fair. Adrian Griffin is going to get himself fired. I don't care that they're 23 and 6 against everybody else outside of their 1 and 4 record against the Indiana Pacers. You are the successor to Mike Budenholzer. When have we complained about a Mike Budenholzer defense? Think about that. And so when you look at it from that perspective and you know the ingredients to winning has already been displayed because you're just a few years removed from capturing a championship, nobody is going to go for this level of porous defense that we've been seeing from the Milwaukee Bucks. We said Boston, Milwaukee. I watched the Miami Heat last night. Miami could beat Milwaukee again. And oh, by the way, Philly could beat Milwaukee. Milwaukee might not even be a top four team when all is said and done if they keep this nonsense up. They better get it together, especially Coach Adrian Griffin. And they've got a lot of road games coming up, especially out west, so they're going to be challenged. The Bucks have a chance to turn it around, but yes. they, got, they, get, they have played a generally softer schedule. A lot, a lot of road games coming up for them. Yep. Uh, the Bucks are second in the east. The Pacers are fifth currently.